coffee is my morning one i can't really operate without caffeine since becoming a dad it's become my only recreational drug that i get now so yeah coffee is my my drug of choice um and then in the evening when you just need a, a hot drink um i don't know why i'm drinking a hot drink in the, in the weather that we have at the moment but it's just a habit uh it, it's less caffeine it's still yeah, good I, I drink like I don't know, 200 to 600 milligrams of caffeine a day. It's really a bad addiction, I'm sure. But I'm going to let Burn actually play us in because I, I jumped the gun. Yeah, I have no idea how much caffeine I drink, but I drink like four cups of coffee in pre-workout and do like a full dose of pre-workout. So it's like I'm on crack all day long. It's <laughs> you, amazing, do, you do dude. pre-workout as well as caffeine. Yeah, dude, sometimes it'll be like coffee. As soon as that's done, pound the pre-workout, go lift, come home. And, uh, and when I get home, I will, uh, I'll drink more coffee. So I'm just cranking it, man. But, uh, well, uh, I, um, I used to take that Jack 3d when I lived in New York It's banned here. I don't know what they do in the States now, but do you remember that brand Jack 3d or Jack? That's what it was called. Yeah. I used to take it. That is potent. Like that gives me like the, the skin crawls, the prickly, prickly blood cells. And yeah, you pump pump loads of weights and then uh yeah but i'm quite short so i stopped doing weights uh the older i'm getting the smaller i'm getting as well and i i i get quite bulky quite quickly so yeah my my, my wife doesn't like me at that sort of physique <laughs> nor, do I, nor do i really i don't really look like looking like a pit bull so um yeah you got to do like high really high volume low weights that's what i do otherwise like i'll kind of i'll get a little bigger too um definitely don't want to look like you're on steroids like uh like og or someone like that <laughs> let, let me let me uh i'll play us in and then we'll get started let's go we can talk during the song no i just want to stare at you like, comment retweet go on the youtube i commented it on the spaces so you can like uh you join the youtube and then you can subscribe yeah. Yeah, just uh, everybody here, Nick, Yemi, man, I see you join from the Remo community. Just uh, give it a comment, give it a like and a retweet, and uh, hopefully we can have a nice little pre-party. Well, it's actually the launch party because it's minting right now. We're four minutes into mint. So, uh, yeah, that's quite cool. What? We that's are live cool. minting this on the spaces. Very cool. Wait, can yeah, I? Yeah, we're doing a live mint right now and then I'm rolling straight into the launch party. And then tomorrow we're doing a seven hour reveal party with music and uh, my guys from across the pond and Web3. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're doing it. It's uh, bringing some life back into the ETH space and the Web3 space, I think. Uh, I'm sick of all this FUD on the timeline and yeah, it's getting a bit much. So I just want to breathe some life and bring back that wag me attitude that, that we're missing. Can I mint it? The timing. Oh, is that um, the only for the Voyager list at the moment? Um, Joey, I feel like I should yep. be on the Voyager list, dude. No, I'm just man, we, we bumped into each other too late. I'm a, I'm a man of my word, and and I, I, I've purposely not over allocated it because when you say it's guaranteed and it's not, uh, I think for any project founder to start off on a on a on the wrong foot is not a great way to start your your career as a founder so you know chances of it minting out on the voyager list in 30 minutes is pretty unlikely so then it goes to first come first serve list uh which is over allocated and then it goes to public um but wor worst case we've got um you know you guys run a run a regular radio show and i'm sure if if, if I, you know if i can come up and speak with you guys that earns you a, a nice little airdrop out of our project wallet so don't worry about that we've got you covered what dude you didn't have to do that but i'm not gonna say no <laughs> no i know i know but you know you guys run regular spaces we had a nice chat um last week on you know potentially having having a new radio show uh or whatever so you know there, there's definitely ways we can help work it and uh you know I, i'm here to network and build connections and, and if that means dropping some of my artwork to to other builders in the space then uh you know it's no cost for me then dude you're a legend thank you that's awesome thank you very much so i guess let's not uh let's not uh hold up anything and let's get right into it can you give us uh kind of your background and then kind of dive into the top level details of the project since it's minton at the moment 
Yeah, so my name's Joey Tadia. Uh, I'm a London-based artist. Um, I, I, I'm actually an oil painter uh, by trade. Um, I actually have a, an in-real-life agency as well that we've specialised in Web3 creative consultancy. Um, I noticed there was a lot of tech companies popping up, uh, but not a lot of creative. Uh, there was lots of marketing, lots of tech, and not a lot of creative um, agencies. So I sort of fused my love for digital art and art in general and just creative content uh, and my ability to create content with my team. Um, and we work with uh, with brands sort of entering the Web3 space. Um, the biggest one to date was Warner Records and Bose. Uh, we launched their Stickman Toys project, which was a 5,000 piece audio visual uh, generative collection in 2022. Um, so yeah, that's our sort of biggest accolade, uh, working with those two. Um, and then after that, I wanted to sort of launch my own project. Um, I, I, so I, I developed my character Remo over the period of around eight weeks. And um, after having my little boy, it sort of reignited this, you know, I don't know if anybody is parents here, but it, it definitely reignites this need to be young for your child as well. Um, and I, I really wanted to create a character that my little boy could walk into the Disney store one day and say, well, my dad created that, you know, to his friends. Um, so that, that was the inspiration of bringing my big kid ideas to life. Um, so then that Remo was born. Um, I then started dropping one of ones and, and small collections on Nifty Gateway. Um, collectors from that then sort of pushed me into wanting to do an ETH collection or, or encouraged me to do an ETH collection. So that all those guys um, early um, sort of, you know, mint list to, to get my ETH collection. Um, then ordinals came about and I started getting into ordinals, researching them around eight weeks ago. Um, and then I thought, think, you know, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Um, no real set purpose. The utility for me is always the art. Um, so I, I wanted to get the inscription numbers under 10 million. Um, so I inscribed 50 one of one ordinals uh, on and got onto the Magic Eden launchpad. Uh, so I'm launching on the ETH collection on OpenSea, which is today, and then Magic Eden on uh, Friday. So yeah, two uh, two collections, two platforms, two separate chains, uh, one man. Dude, that is uh, that's awesome. I, I definitely can relate with the kids and the toys thing. Um, I actually got a I got a pudgy toy. Just like as a collector thing, it's in the box and my kids want it. That that's one of the struggles. Like <laughs> like if you collect something, the kids want to play with it. I'm like, no, that's mine. You can't open it or play with it. But yeah, impressive. Uh I like the two chain approach. Um, I guess I've kind of been part of a counterculture movement, uh, not really understanding ordinals or why you would build on on Bitcoin. I think it's fine as um the financial currency that it's become, but uh, I do know that it's a lot of work, so I applaud you for the work. And as far as the the actual like physicals and toys, um, I I kind of postured. Uh, I think that over the weekend, like, are physicals really like how the future to mass adoption of kind of the the IP that is being created in Web three? Because I I was at a uh, Macy's and my son wanted to run into Toys R Us. He's three years old. Um, and funny enough, he ended up uh, where the V Friends uh, toys were at, and they were like fifty percent off. And I was like, "Well, maybe, maybe the toy market is taking a hit. It's collectible toy market taking a hit, uh, just like the Web three market." But they are nice to play with, right? My my son was like really super excited about the IP itself, which I think um, is kind of important. I know that toys is just the vehicle uh, in, in one aspect of the art, but um, they they at the end of the day, they're also toys. Uh, and I like to see my son. I think the main difference between myself and uh, characters like Luca Nets and Gary V is that they've gone for mass um, production. You know, they've got, uh, you know, produced in China, packaged in China, sent to the UK, fulfillment by Amazon. And it's a mass produced brand, which is incredible. I think the scaling of the brand is amazing. They've got another revenue stream. Um, for me, my I'm an artist, you know, and my artwork comes first, and I want an, uh, an element of scarcity to this, uh, which is why holders won't have IP rights to this brand. They won't have IP rights to the character. They're, they're investing in me as an artist. Uh, the supplier is only 500, um, and, and I continue to, to 
be a small collection there's no plans to have a you know this isn't like a genesis drop and a pfp collection that then grows into this this is using my digital artwork as a vehicle to uh, create a, a, a really familial community of art collectors um i got asked a question yesterday in a spaces where um you know they asked how many of my in real life collectors are, are, have been coming to web3 and the answer was zero um, because my mission is to get my Web3 collectors collecting real art. Uh, it's not necessarily toys. You know, these are going to be uh, printed in my studio. I, I 3D print them in my studio one at a time. I then hand sand them. Uh, I then use different techniques of spray paint, airbrush, markers, whatever I'm feeling at the time to have sort of like a really cool street art toy so, to sit on an adult's desk. These are toys for big kids. Um, eventually, we'll then use the IP to go into... Uh, an illustrated uh, ebook for children uh, where I want to tell stories through my character Remo um, and then eventually on to creating plushies which will then be mass produced for children um, so I'm attacking the art market first and then the scaling growth uh, over the next 24 months will be to to go into plushies and stuff yeah man I think that's really really smart I think that you know one of the things I like for um, a smaller artist in this uh, aspect is to retain those IP rights and not make it CCO. Um, and the fact that you're like hand making every single one of them is, is, is what makes that an adult toy and definitely differentiates you from everybody else who's mass producing stuff. You said adult toy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Burn. I spent too much time in the dive bar. I'm sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're in a you're an adult company. We can uh, we can we can do that. Uh, there's no kids in here, I hope. No. Um, but but yeah, I, I think going down the cause, bare brick. I mean, even even to them, you know, that they they did their thing. They started off sort of a small collection and and quite scarce, and now they're just produced everywhere. You can walk into a shop in Dubai and you've got tons of different colors and patterns and you know I, I, I'm not digging that I would love to be in that position you know where where I my own that sort of produced boy but it's not going to come in paper packaging with little accessories and stuff that is aimed at you know pudgy penguins it is aimed at children it's not an adult's toy uh, sorry adult toy um so yeah I think um I think what I'm what I'm trying to do is create a, 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 an art collective uh, where people are actually the utility is art. It's not just a PFP. Um, you know, I'm actually giving these these guys a free digital, um, digital piece of artwork with a free Remo toy every month that they can mint. Um, they'll then be able to connect their wallet to the website and see their virtual toy shelf where with all their different months of the Remos that they've collected over the time being a holder, um, and then. In August, all of the virtual pets that they're minting today will then turn into a, a one of one Remo toy. So only they will have that in their wallet, wow. uh, which we're working on at the moment. So there's going to be 500 one of ones that they can use as their PFP as well. And we and so whoever is holding, you'll do a snapshot at some point, and they get it. They get the physical as well. Uh, so if if today there's five, um, there's basically five um, black virtual pets. Uh, they're they're guaranteed uh, a, a Remo toy that's you know hand signed, it's spray painted and marked up and put in a nice box and shipped to their door. That will be in the next four weeks, um, and then the 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 snapshot will just be to be yeah, whoever's a holder is going to get the uh, you know their one of one Remo toy in a digital form and then in november that we're opening the remo toy store where people can then choose to to purchase the toy uh you know the, the mint price isn't enough to cover the cost of you know everybody having a physical toy as well i think that would be yeah. it, you know it's quite a fair fair mint price uh you know unlike antonym i don't know if you remember that project you know they were like point point four to mint and everybody got a toy and not everybody received it i don't really want to fall into that uh, sort of miscommunication with my community that, that they'll be able to get their hands on a toy, but it will be paid for, but at a really reasonable price. Uh, they'll basically pay for the cost of shipping, cost of manufacturing, and a small part for, for labor, you know, the four or five hours I spend customizing it. Yeah, you should definitely get paid on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally, I love collecting physical art as well. I've got this uh, Die With The Most Likes behind me, uh, commission that, and I'm trying to add more because um, I, I like to hang shit on my walls and push it on my desk. Like that's why I got a pudgy, but I think that like um, what you're making is not to knock pudgies at all, but it's so much cooler because you're like hand making it and it's like actual art, right? Rather than just a toy. Um, 
Yeah, it's also oil paintings as well. So that, like I said, my journey as an artist began in school. I was sketching. You know, I think you're born an artist. I don't think you can just practice and become, make yourself an artist, um, despite what we see in Web3. Um, so I've always sort of come back to art and then it's like get a real job and then come back to art. And then Web3 came about where it's like, wow, now I can actually find a community and talk to them every day. Um, so I'm quite active in Discord and, and making friends with my collectors. And that's always been the dream, you know, to to, to share my journey of, as an artist with collectors if you sell a painting in a gallery you sometimes it's just an anonymous buyer and you don't know who it is you never have a connection with them and you know there's somebody on this planet who's got your artwork hanging on their wall and you never know who it is which is quite nice for the mystery as well um so so as a holder you're also going to get entered into a monthly raffle to win my paintings as well works on paper sketchbooks you know uh, just pieces of artwork and collectibles physical collectibles that money won't be able to buy there's stuff that i work on and you know my paintings and uh you know the sketchbook that's sitting next to me along with the pencils that i originally designed remo with it's all these sorts of things that 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 you won't be able to buy on the blockchain but you you know if you're a holder you'll be able to receive them and i use my my digital art as a vehicle to give that and share that with my community yeah i think that's uh i think that's a beautiful way to make sure that the community you build is about the art right like so much criticism about the web3 space as people come for the money a lot of people that have stayed during this bear it's been for the art or for the communities that are built but your initiative to use web3 to funnel it back to your physical artwork I think is really cool because it means the people that you that really appreciate you for the art that you're creating are the ones that are going to stick around and 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 participate in your ecosystem both in web3 and with your in real life art which i think is really interesting and i think it's cool because i haven't heard a lot of artists talk about using web3 as a funnel back to what they have originally done which is like irl art and not tokenized yeah like for, for me like the onboarding as for an artist has to happen in reverse they have to you know I, I would never convince one of my friends who's an artist to come into the space especially at the moment it, you have to be really thick-skinned and and it's a challenge you know some people just a lot of my artist friends they're introverts and they won't want to communicate on discord and stuff but what i wanted to do was use myself as a use case to say this is the this is the things you can do you know this is just one use case of using web3 there's no there's no real reason for an artist to come into web3 you know i think now projects have to launch with a real reason and a, and uh, as much as i don't like the word utility and give people the benefits of being a holder you know i, I they could purchase one of my my screen prints or you know in a, in a shop for 140 dollars and they don't, won't ever get asked for any more benefits or rewards or perks but when you have an NFT, you automatically have this, uh, this, you know, prerequisite you have to supply more to your holders. And I think that's what the demand is put on founders to, well, wow, now we actually have to deliver something. And that was never in their intentions to do that. Their intention was to come to the space, suck liquidity out, and then try and build with whatever experience they have. Usually it's a lack thereof of experience in, in community building and, and providing products. Um, whereas I'm quite, I've got quite a lot of experience in building e-commerce, um, running communities. You know, I had a, a viral meme page uh, from 2015 up until 2021 when Instagram cancelled me um, for the content I was putting out. But you know, I, I had you know 1.4 million followers at one point and sending e-commerce. You know, sent my e-commerce store was generating 30 to 40 grand a month. Um, you know, so I've got the skills to be able to 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 deliver to my community albeit it's only 500 but those 500 people are going to be really happy with what they get for for their for their investment of 150 dollars i love the low supply man i mean uh, i think 500 is a great number um and that just looking at the art like for the nft portion of it um i just got i've got your video on your uh twitter pulled up right now um sharing on the screen what is your process for making the nft side of it the process as in how do i create them or? yeah how, yeah how do you create the art because i don't know anything about like 3d art so um so i actually started learning blender at the start of lockdown uh those two years have sort of gone into the abyss of our lives that we forgot about but i, I thought i'm either going to let this this was before i had a a, a
out of the house all day. So I thought I'd, I'd teach myself something new. So I just sort, sort of learned this blender guru where he teaches you how to make a donut. And then one thing led to another. I'm quite a perfectionist slash OCD when it comes to learning. I won't put it down until I've learned how to do it. Um, so, yeah. And then I just every day plugged in. And I think, you know, a lot of the time, if if you practice something for one hour a day, then you've put 365 hours into that craft you know what I mean and, and my goal was to put at least one or two hours in every single day which I did um and then sort of started sketching on my iPad and then importing my sketches and then just challenging myself can I make that in 3D can I make a Heinz ketchup in 3D can I you know and then the the shapes got more and more complex and then I was like wow I want to develop this character um which is super simple to now to model but at the time I would have been like I'm never going to be able to model that um so yeah it was um just a learning yeah just a learning process really uh getting youtube tutorials um and then i learned how to like you know export the the alien as an obj file onto my ipad and then procreate now allows you to uh, paint 3d models so i started doing like cool um street art designs uh which i put on my on nifty gateway um they sold out I, I had a really you know quite you know i think made like 17k revenue which is incredible as a, a digital artist you know just new to nifty gateway um but yeah the the, the process is the, the character's there now and now I, I sort of look through my favorite you know like kith lookbooks and palace lookbooks and supreme lookbooks and i'm a big fan of street fashion and and fashion in general um so i you know i wanted to have a bucket hat i wanted to have puffer jackets and gold chains and you know represent my love for fashion as well through this character um so yeah they're, they're going to be hard, i mean hardly any of the the looks and the have, have been revealed I'm, selling, I'm trying to sell this project on bare minimum to give maximum impact when it is revealed love it man yeah i mean i'm i'm just looking at these and like they're super uh super detailed they look clean um i like them it, are you worried at all about the layering? Like, is the layering going to work out? Because I'd, I'd imagine that'd be super hard on a 3D collection like this. Like, I remember, I think it was the Hapes, where there was, like, ears sticking yeah, out these, of the these aren't, these aren't generative. Um, I'm not a generative fan. Um, these are all individually rendered uh, one oh, by wow. one. Wow. Yeah, so, so you won't ever have, you know, because <laughs> if, if the floor is pink on one of them and he's wearing a white hat, underneath the hat there's going to be a, a pink reflection right but if you have that same hat as a layer with a pink floor and uh, with a blue floor you're going to have a pink reflection on the hat so it, it's working out all those kinks i was like i'm not a fan of generative art anyway i find it quite a shortcut into creating a, an unnecessarily large collection um i'm not a fan of you know, five, 10,000 projects. I don't really feel a need for it unless you are trying to build a community uh, and brand around that, you know, that, but, you know, individually rendering 500 is time consuming. It does take long, but, you know, I, I'm trying to get through, I think like 12, 12 to 16 per day. Um, and then obviously I have to take each one of those into Photoshop, color correct and add contrast, saturation, uh, then re-export that as a PNG, then put it into the right folder. Um, and then obviously all the metadata that comes with that. So I have to make a metadata file with the traits and stuff for each one of them. So that's my process over the next two months. And then when it reveals, everybody's going to see their one of one. This is individually rendered uh, piece of artwork, not a generative. So yeah, I think, uh, I think going for quality here um, and and doing them each individual renders is is dynamite, right? It, it, it definitely shows um, from a quality perspective. And your uh your proclivity to like fashion and what's out there um definitely comes through from a creative perspective on the accessories so i really dig that but i think something that you said is really important is like you're minting today but reveal sounds like it's going to be a couple months out in the future is that right do you have a reveal date in mind uh, so the what people are buying today i don't know if you've seen the collection um at the moment but they're actually minting a sealed tamagotchi box so i've based my yeah, yeah. Based of, it comes in stages right so the the mint the pre-reveal artwork is a is based on the tamagotchi uh and i, I chose the tamagotchi because that's my all-time apart from my game boy color i didn't want to rip you know rip into game boy too much and i think the the tamagotchi i definitely had uh sort of more of an affiliation to that 
so I wanted to go the Tamagotchi route. Um, and then people today, they'll be minting the pre-reveal artwork, which is the Tamagotchi box. Uh, and then what, what I've done is, is do it in stages. So reveal will be in 24 hours. They'll then see which color virtual pet comes out of that box. So they've minted a, a virtual pet sealed box. Tomorrow will be their virtual pet uh, color. So you've got purple, orange, or black. Uh, purple obviously gives you all of the perks of you get the one of one PFP, you get entered into a monthly raffle for the physical toy and physical artwork. Orange will give you uh, automatic orange list for the BTC drop on Friday, um, plus everything that purple offers you. And then the black one, there's five of those. They'll be um, giving you the physical toy guaranteed, uh, signed and still delivered to you. Um, so there's three stages. There's the, the box, the, the virtual pet, and then the virtual pet will turn into the one of one PFP. So there's two reveal stages. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I love it. I love the Tamagotchi uh, art. On the, I mean, on on the boxes or the keychains or whatever. Um, those are sweet, man. Um, and definitely like how yeah, you I kind of want to. I kind of. I, I kind of don't want to reveal. I, I, I'm digging the. I, I love. I love the box, but the Tamagotchi. The Tamagotchis are quite cool. Um, it's based sort of like for like on the the actual Tamagotchi, and then um yeah I'm, I'm excited to see see what people think but it, it, it is a long reveal to get to the pfp stage but like i said i i put out a tweet the other day like we never intended well i never intended for this to be a pfp collection um but i sort of started experimenting and remo looks fucking dope as a pfp as well because especially there's 500 one of one pfps as well so it's quite a scarce sort of commodity to have um so i built a pfp cropper uh, where people can either choose to have their full body and if they want to use it as their Twitter PFP, they can put him in the cropper on you know, after the, can, they connect their wallet, they can select which Remo they want as their PFP and then have it turn into a, a crop PFP where it shows his head and shoulders. Um, so yeah, it, it's quite cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's going to be a long process, but um, I think I've curated the Voyager list enough for, for the, the, the people that I know that are minting, they're going to be holders. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be quite tough to get one of these, I think, on, on secondary. Yeah, your community seems um, very, uh, I guess, uh, active. <laughs> like, I mean, I put out a tweet um, scheduling the space and people are jumping all over it um, and just looking at the Twitter and everything. And in this bear market... <laughs> Um, that's really impressive. So I think you are going to have a, a strong group of holders. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that they're all like one of one art pieces that you made. They're not generative um, and, and they're super cool. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy that it's going to be a smaller one of one kind of profile picture collection. I don't think uh, on this space, I think like um there are a couple of, exam of examples where projects did that first and then they launch a bigger collection um but um i'm definitely digging the the quality and the low the low mint number um and even the rollout like i think that the timeline associated with it it really gives your chance for the community to to weed itself down to the people who truly believe in what you're doing and i think that ultimately is what you talked about at the beginning of the space which is you know building a strong community that appreciates uh, you for the art um, and being able to kind of curate that ecosystem going forward into, you know, the saying is you only need like a thousand good collectors or something like that to to make an artist's career. So I think uh, this is a, a great way to kind of um, build a solid collector base in Web3, bring some of those over to your in real life arena as well to add to the, to the collectors you obviously have um, IRL. So yeah, I think this project is really cool. Thank you. Yeah. And um, yeah, just going on your point is it's a hundred true collectors. So I thought, you know, that that that's nice if you're selling art regularly to them. Um, but obviously on this project, we get one mint. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not doing this project for the liquidity. I have a I have my creative agency where I get, you know, I work with my clients. So I've got nice work sort of coming in from that. Uh, I'm working with a really, really cool brand at the moment. Um, I see them in the audience supporting me here uh, and I'm working with those guys on their creative uh, and they're developing, a, you know, the, their project is the only project in this space that is giving me faith that this space has a future for tech. Um, and, and uh, you know, working with guys like that and sharing my creative knowledge and being there, not only their consultant and creative, you know, content creator, you know, they're actually onboarding me as their creative director um, for this. So, you know, the, I've got... 
you know, for most people, there's 24 hours in the day, but I like to give myself 28 hours. And, and, and I think that, that, you know, working every ounce of time I can, that that's how I sort of, you know, you know, pay for my family and, and feed the dog and put dinner on the table. You know, this project wasn't for me to, to have liquidity and, uh, you know, the, the money that this project makes is just going to go into scaling it as a brand and, and IP. Dude, this one that looks like it's got lava on it or something. It's like got an orange sweater. I'm just looking through. Yeah, that's uh, fucking that's, uh, sick, dude. My my favorite my favorite is uh is one of the BTC ones. They they're all um yeah they're all one of ones on the BTC, uh and I and I actually inscribed them at the highest quality possible. So they're around 400 kilobytes, which cost around fifty five to sixty dollars each to inscribe. So it cost me just under three thousand dollars to inscribe them. Um, but you know the 3D artwork that's on bitcoin at the moment if you go into magic eden it will show you the 4k image but then if you look on it on ordinals.com it's like a pixelated grainy sort of 2002 playstation <laughs> graphics look and i really didn't want that you know for me it's like i want my buyer to get exactly what they're being shown um or as close to as possible so i've asked magic eden not to put 4k images out and you know this will be the images of what you're buying and and they're they're pretty much the highest res other than the on-chain monkeys which you know i wish i knew about that tech before before spending three thousand dollars inscribing but you know i'm just an artist trying to trying to leave a, a mark on the chain so i um yeah I, i'm hoping that, that the bitcoin ones are, are well appreciated as well yeah i think there will be there's a lot of hype in the market for ordinals at the moment and especially with you differ differentiating yourself with with high quality images um actually being on chain i think that's that's really cool uh and i, I as burn scrolls through uh your twitter it's uh it's very apparent that you have kind of a really solid marketing background because all of these videos uh and images are are incredible and i think that you said earlier that you kind of are not promoting it a lot because you wanted kind of organic growth out of your community but i think that once this mint gets out and reveals start happening, um, people are really gonna appreciate kind of the entirety of what you've been working on because it's really beautifully presented. Yeah, dude. And your engagement on these tweets, holy shit. Like you're getting you're getting great engagement as well. Yeah, I try I try to limit collabs as much as possible. One, because you know, you do a collab the people following you are only following you to hopefully win whitelist. There's no meaning there. And I, and like, you know, if I'm to build meaning between myself and my followers, um, you know, I'd rather have 10 likes from people who really care about me and my message than, you know, a hundred likes because somebody says engage on this tweet, you know, we've run competitions, but they're, you know, the competitions are just a necessity in this. Um, but the difference between our, my competitions and other people's is there's actually a prize on the end of mine. I, I promise you that, you know, I gave away $150 of my own money the other day in different spaces um, and, and airdrops of NFTs. And, you know, what I don't like is those sort of magazine competitions that where it's like, uh, win this three, three and a half million dollar house in Fort Lauderdale, but there's no three and a half million dollar house. You just you know you're buying a lottery ticket um and now it's gotten to people you know the the grifters in the space sort of charging people to come on the alphabet and subscribe and then you get to enter into every alphabet but then you're just turning people into these gambling addicts who who are paying you 30 dollars a month to potentially get on a whitelist to potentially be able to mint this project that's potentially going to go to zero and i'm just not about that i i really don't care about you know what other people do that's their choice but me personally i, I want to build really organic community and, and make a difference in the space yeah those people are looking to dump for sure <laughs> like when when you do the raffles like the like retweet tag three friends like uh I, well i, I just i think it speaks to the to going back to the fact that each one of these are individually rendered each one of these are are, are personal to you they're they're um you know they're your art they're not generative it, it didn't just you didn't just press a button and and apply layers and so you want them to end up in in really good hands that that have the right motivation to hold them so yeah all those gimmicks um you know they work in when you're trying to sell something like a ten thousand collection um but not definitely i don't think are needed um when you're looking to actually uh get one of one art into true collector's hands Uh, to to an extent, they'll actually be 
personal to the person who's holding it as well. So we're going to be having creative sessions in the holders uh, Discord chat where, you know, we'll be going in, you know, I'll, I'll be on the stage, people could come up. Uh, we're then going to show them, I'm going to show them an inventory of sort of accessories and stuff that, that you know, the base model. So they've got the bucket hat got the beanie, got the puffer jacket, got the sleeveless puffer jacket, got a t-shirt, you know, knitted hoodie, whatever. Um, and they can se select their colors so they can select the soles of the feet. They can select the color of the eyes. Um, so there will be, a, there will be an element of personalization. And the whole idea of this project was to entertain and personalize. Uh, so the entertainment comes from the monthly raffles of the, of the physical art. Uh, and then the personalization comes in where, you know, just to, just to show my, collectors that this isn't a generative piece of artwork they you know they've got their pink soles with a, a ganja leaf bucket hat or whatever they want you know color background and that then it's personal to them um so yeah that, that, that there is an element of surprise there but uh, I, i'm not going to reveal too much about how that will work i love that man um yeah, these are super cool uh so backtracking a little bit you said you're gonna do a children's ebook are 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 there any plans to do like a children's physical book at all? Yeah, a hundred percent. It would have to be self-published, I think. But I, I think ebook it goes with the thing of this is a a digital collection um, at the moment, and I think just the ebook it's easier to put out there. Um, and then it's obviously you know if if there's sort of uh, growth with that then you know then having a physical book super expensive to publish because you need to have you know around ten thousand copies uh then pay for the shelf space so it's a huge huge investment which the the, the revenue from this first mint wouldn't be able to cover by a fraction um so you know eventually i would love to have a physical book uh, i read my son books and it, he's got like these texture ones you know so you can have like remo with the the textured skin and you know the the moon would have like a rocky feeling and i'd love to have that for children uh, but yeah it's just a mega mega cost um so hopefully you know if the project does well and we can we can pull a hay beast and maybe get some funding or or, or some investment that would be great to do love it man uh yeah mike i was asking because my kids love the physical books too um read to them all the time and they just of books and destroying the books too like just yes yeah, uh, I, I have to tell my my wife i say don't put the books in his toy box they're not toys like because i don't want to see them get ruined these things are like relics you know and i think fast forward 20 years time we're barely going to have books on the planet so let's treasure the ones we have um so yeah i i really would love to do physical books but again the the, the cost is is quite quite um quite insane um self-publishing is a bit safer but then then you have to ask yourself is there any point because i'll only be able to produce 200 copies you know for for the money that i have and it would probably probably bleed me dry as well so um yeah it, it's just if it makes sense then we will definitely do it for sure man definitely um cool yeah i i like the ordinals thing i've never collected um any ordinals at all i don't even have I don't even know how to like do a wallet or do any of that stuff. So um, I think this is one that I would probably do for my first ordinal because um, it's cool. I mean, it's one of one art uh, and I like them. So I like that too, for sure. Twenty one sixty. Uh, any questions? Yeah, no, yeah, just uh, you know, I everybody that's in the space can like follow your your social media, but um what's the best way to get to see your your art and to join your community? Maybe even get to see like your in real life art as well. Um I mean my my paintings that that's on my Instagram which I've sort of neglected over the last 2 years whilst being in web 3. I've completely forgotten about my Instagram, uh, which is probably for the best as well. So I'm not doom scrolling on there. I'm now doom scrolling fud and whatnot <laughs> over on the time you know celebrity death match between web3 influencers which is entertaining to say the least but um yeah i think just following my twitter um my instagram's there as well um i'm going to be I've, I've actually released the first episode of my my artist in the space podcast which is on my website just five minute sort of takes on 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 art and helping artists um sort of navigate the space so that that episode's out um but yeah just my personal website uh, my twitter um and and my instagram is probably the best place to, to see all of that 
Um, I'm actually looking for a spot in Miami at the moment. Um, I'm talking to to a guy who who runs, who, well, part of the team who runs space uh, in Miami to get a spot there to do a live Remo sort of uh, street art show in at Art Basel this year. Um, so hopefully I can find a little pop-up uh, place that isn't, too expensive to uh, run a nice little boogie, have a have a couple of my DJ friends there, um, and and fuse it in with Art Basel, uh, and then also have physical Remo toys on sale there as well. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully we can do that. London's definitely happening, um, and then look for a, a spot in the Middle East, possibly Dubai, um, through my friend Rom. Uh, he runs Street Art News, so we're going to be looking to do a um, sort of physical art show there as well, where I'll be, you know, spraying up Remo toys and uh, signing them and whatnot with markers. So yeah, it should be quite cool. Nice Mika's in Dubai. Um, are, are you familiar with Mika? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rate, the 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 host, the spaces host. Mika. Yeah, yeah. Tell it, tell her to swing by, reach out to her, she might stop by if you do an event there. So yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, do like a little video or something. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's definitely a great direction. Like, I love Art Basel in Miami. I've been the last couple of years. Um, you really get a great crowd that is there predominantly for the art or the, or the technology. And um, I think that's the right audience to kind of introduce that kind of form to. Uh, and then being able to do it globally. I mean, not a lot of projects are able to able to accomplish that. And it sounds like you already have the connections to do so. So. Um, that that's going to be really cool for your holders to be able to attend those and for you know people who don't know anything about a project to or you to run across your art which i think is awesome as well yeah i mean uh, th- this is just the first sort of chapter in in the story really and and uh, you know I, I hope in 12 months time uh, we can revisit another spaces like this and and see sort of how far it's come but um de- definitely art shows and galleries is obviously where any artist dream ends up you know and that's that's always been my dream is to have my work in a gallery and have my own exhibitions um and and if that means you know i can give my holders access to those that they'll be incredible i i would really love that yeah, you should link up with osf you might be able to help with something like that too um they just did a gallery thing this week in london um yeah those guys are great i love the artwork and i love the I think I caught some of their work at um, W1 Galleries in, in in London, in central London. They they have like a, a sort of monthly artist. Uh, they had like Beeple there and stuff. So yeah, you know, it's these unit um, unit as well in London is an incredible digital. It's it's actually a digital sort of physical space. And I think you know the more sort of art houses like Sotheby's and Chris, Christie's are coming into the space. Uh, there's going to be way more digital exhibitions and it, they're more like immersive experiences than a gallery um i think the galleries put a lot of people off who could potentially like art because it's got that sort of connotation of volivants and champagne and bougie clothing um so i think digital art is definitely going to open up the 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 accessibility for new artists to come in who aren't necessarily oil painters you know and definitely the the younger generations like our kids they're going to be digital artists you know there's there's no um, you know, in whatever sort of capacity that may be. Um, but yeah, I, I really can't wait to see the future of where digital art goes. And uh, I think as long as uh, you're starting now, then you've definitely got a chance to to sort of uh, ride the journey. Absolutely. Yeah, my, I mean, my kid's on Procreate already. She's five. Uh, she's making stuff and uh, it'll, she'll be all digital, I'm sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think that there's nothing to take away from physical art and it, it will always be in existence. I think the people who look at Web3 and they don't, they say, you know, digital art is an art or, you know, tokenization has kind of no place in the art world just doesn't really understand um, the evolution of like technology itself. So for them, it might see foreign. And for us, like I'm almost, I'm 37 years old. Um, we got stuck in kind of the middle where kind of this this technology internet thing kind of makes sense, but we also lived a very IRL childhood. But for those who of us who have kids, they're all growing up digitally native. And so this is just going to be seen as like a really legitimized daily part of their life. Um, and so for that reason, I mean, this whole movement has legs. Um, and like you said, for artists that are interested, like it might not be the best landscape unless you have really thick skin to enter right now. 
Um, but if you're thinking long term about your artistic career um, and you do have thick skin and you don't put like uh, high expectations to perform really well uh, right off the bat and you don't invest a lot of sunk costs um, of your own personal money, I think that getting started now is, is really smart um, just because I agree. I think that this is the future uh, for a lot of art moving forward. There's a lot of safer spaces where artists can sort of test the waters as well. You know, I started on um, Nifty Gateway and Foundation, and I, I'm yet to sort of apply to Super Rare, but I would love love an account with Super Rare. Um, but there's definitely safer spaces. There's two sides to Web3, right? So you've got the heavy art side where nobody uses PFPs or knows what a PFP is. And these are the guys who are selling artwork on Nifty Gateway through custodial wallets, you know, and people can buy, you know, my mum's even bought supported my work on Nifty Gateway. You can pay in US dollars. You don't even need to put your address in. So it's just pay with a credit card and it's in your wallet. Um, you know, so there's definitely an escape in, where, in which I'd encourage all artists to at least try and digitize their work. You don't need to be a digital artist. You know, I started by uh, painting my oil paintings. I then photographed that. Or the painting as well and i've still got the, the paintings here that are, they could claim but they, they never have um you know so there is there is a there is an element of you can be a physical artist and a digital artist i don't like it being uh either or you know and, and people's view on digital art you're not a real artist is just ridiculous it's ludicrous i think art is art and it always will continue to grow and and there'll always be two two different opinions but um i'm here for i'm here for it all to be honest yeah, I think it was ACK did a thread this week or, or he had a tweet out saying uh, you're not an NFT. If you collect digital art, you're not an NFT collector. You're an art collector. Like art is art, right? It doesn't matter what format it's in. Um, and that's crazy. People didn't want the physical. I mean, I'll take them, um, you know, like I, I mean, love that stuff. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. I, I think that there is a place, um, you know, you are an art collector. I think, if you enjoy the technology and understand the provenance that the token gives you and the fact that you're buying a token and and not the actual image itself, like um, I think there's a place to be both an, uh, an art collector and an NFT collector. From a physical standpoint, I will say this, I collect a lot of photography um, and I have so many tubes of prints in my closet that will never be framed or matted behind glass and hung up on my walls. I just have too many of them. So I do understand um, this kind of uh, dynamic between digital art and uh, physical art and kind of the challenges that come with displaying both of them. Physical art, you have space constraints, right? Or your kids want to play with something that's very valuable because it looks uh, like a toy, but it's not. Um, and then digital art, on the other side, I have hundreds of photography um that i i just can't display like i have i even have metaverse museums that i put the art in but i only go there every once in a while so um i definitely understand kind of the dynamic of both um there's pluses and minuses uh but yeah i think from an art perspective i liked what you said earlier when you said like you know artists is, artists are kind of born it's always kind of in them and it doesn't matter which medium they they choose to produce in and they shouldn't be siloed to produce in just one i know a lot of artists in the nft space that they get typecast as, as this is what they are they are this digital artist and nobody looks at the physical art that they create or the different mediums that they work in um so i like that messaging as well you know as an artist you have the freedom to to work in any medium and express yourself in any medium um, and you you shouldn't be classified as only a digital artist or a physical artist. I, I totally agree. And, and you know, as an artist, you know, I'm not just a, an oil painter or digital artist. I love to write poetry. I play the guitar. I love to sing. Like you're born an artist and you're never an artist is never, ever going to be pigeonholed and silenced into one medium or, or genre of art. Um, you know, so I think being being multifaceted is the, is the best tool an artist can have. Um, you know, I, I studied acting in New York for years and that taught me that you can be anybody you want. Um, you know, it was never to become a famous actor. It was to study the form of being 
uh, a multifaceted human. That was my my reasoning to the acting, and it's gone into everything. You know, you pick up any skill. You know, I can. I taught myself Ableton. I've got an EP on Spotify under, you know, for, for house music producing. Uh, you know, I do poetry nights with my friend, uh, you know, in, in Peckham in London. And, and it's just exercising every ability to express. And that's what an artist is put on this earth to do is express themselves however they feel. And that's what makes art beautiful is when it's got the raw emotion of a human behind it. Um, so, you know, with like the recent Ordinals collections, it, it, it it's really hard to not be frustrated that there's no love put into the artwork. It's just hashed out regurgitated pixels from Fiverr, you know, and, and they're being sold or labeled as art. It's like, I wouldn't mind if the artist was actually spotlighted. There's no shame in using a Fiverr artist. Why not just put that artist on the pedestal? And say, this is who we based it around. You know, I, and I think that, that that sort of stealing of self-expression is, is sort of prevalent in the space. And I, I kind of want to put that fire out and, and highlight re real creators and artists in the space. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, it's a tough line to tread um, when looking at artists and things they're creating. I mean, if you look at almost any art, you could say that the artist is inspired by someone, right? So it's, I don't know. I, I think if, if an artist is making art um, and they're doing it for the right reasons, like and not just some cash grab where they're just, you know, just cranking out supply just to make money, but they're actually making art because, um, they're, they're creative people who want to make something cool. Um, I say, go for it. Like, even if you're borrowing from other artists, I mean, if you're copying them exactly, you definitely need to, uh, to cite your sources at least. Um, but uh, I mean, Tarantino, Tarantino said that he steals from every movie ever made. Yep. You know, but he does it in his own way. You, you you don't just do it like for like, pixel for pixel. You can be inspired by it. Everything I do is by inspiration. Like at the the lookbooks of Ronnie Feig from Kith and putting that into my work. I don't put it as a Kith jacket with the same pocket and the zip and, you know, but you take it, the look. I'd never invented the look, you know, and, and it's like when you're in university, you write an essay and you have to write a bibliography and reference writers who you may have thought you had a unique thought, but you didn't. There's been countless other, you know, thought leaders who've had that thought they've just worded it differently and just because you feel you've had a unique thought there's definitely going to be one two if not several other people who've had that thought so i think an artist is it's their job to express it in a way that 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 suits them and that that's that's art to me you know it's how did how did that piece of art make you feel and now you express it in your way and that's that's what inspiration is because there's inspiration then there's just outright sort of copying um which, which I'm, I'm not really down with same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, man. Well, I think uh, you want to get to the scoring burn. Let's do it. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, man, I will go first. I'm actually really, really hyped about this. I love um, kind of artists who come out with ambitious projects. Um, I don't know if you know who Justin Mahler is, but he's been working on a project for two years where he does basically a custom one-of-one -one 3D rendering every single day and there's a lot of different dynamics around it you can uh burn the one of one to to create 10 editions and you can sell those 10 editions to anybody you want um there's point systems associated with it um and and at the end there is kind of leaderboards and things that you can win so there's different layers um and i really appreciate artists who go out to kind of take on these intense kind of one of one challenges to produce really, really great art for their communities. Um, and so this project kind of reminds me of that. And I love kind of the different facets of it, the the Bitcoin ordinals piece, the physical piece, the the in real life events that you have planned and and the future kind of merchandising around it. So a lot of it seems to be really well thought out. And from what I can see already, a lot of it is really well executed at a very, very high level. Um, so I'm going to give it the the highest score that I've had on the show. I'm going to give it a solid nine because I love kind of this small create a community around art and and do what you know while also exploring every medium you can in a really quality way. Um, yeah, the, this to me seems like a really solid project, and and I'm uh, glad that we got to introduce this to the community that we have here on the on the show. Oof, that's a nine from 2160 all-time high score. Um, 
And I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I love the way that you built out an organic community. Um, it's a smaller supply. Everything's a one of one uh, that you're hand creating, um, which even with a lot of other projects, even with smaller supplies, art projects, um, they're usually generative, right? If you're doing like 500. Um, so it's it's really impressive that uh, you're creating this many one of ones. You've got a small, strong community which um, I, I mean, that's how you're building long-term holders of your art that are here for your art. So I like that. I like the fact that uh, you've got plans to expand in the future. Um, not that like, um, as, not like as an art collector, that doesn't matter as much, right? Like cool do plushies and stuff. I love it, but uh, really I, I would collect it for the art. Um and I like the fact you're doing ordinals as well, right? So a little diversification there. Uh, so, and they're really cool. I mean, I looked through a bunch of them uh, on your Twitter. Really cool. So I'm going to rate it a, my highest score ever was, uh, I gave Rug Radio a 10. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm going to give this like a, I'm going to give it a 9.1. I'm going to one up 2160 by a little bit. But uh, I, I just, I like the project, man. I like the art. I think you're doing it for the right reasons. It's not a cash grab type of deal. You got a strong community. I can tell just by looking at your Twitter, like you got a strong organic community, which um, building that in a bear market is impressive to say the least. So dude, good job. And I can tell you worked your ass off on this and you are working your ass off. I mean, it's, it's an insane amount of work and uh and I think that should be rewarded. So I'm going to give you 9.1. No, I appreciate you both, man. That's some really uh, incredible feedback. You know, uh, I did the Ape Tank yesterday and just getting feedback from people who've, who who not only know the space, but they're also building in the space as well. It's, it's really nice. You know, you've, you've obviously got your community, you've got your back and you've got your friends who are going to tell you it's good. Uh, to, so to get objective, really unbiased people from, uh, you know, opinions from people who don't know anything about me other than the projects I've put out is really flattering. So thank you so much guys for the feedback. I, I, I truly appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and, uh, and sharing about the project. I've got people from the rat guy community in the YouTube comments here. Uh, Ben's like, here's my wallet address. Put me on the list. Ben, I think it's too late. I'm sorry, man. But <laughs> I think the rate the rate at which we're going, we've been open for the list now for an hour. Uh, it's done sort of twenty five percent of the set of the supply. We didn't over allocate, and I wasn't expecting to sell out on the the first list. Uh, I just didn't want to over allocate in case we did, and then it isn't technically guaranteed, which I know a lot of projects do. Um, so the, the highly high chances it will go to public opens in two and a half hours. So it's a high chance it will go to public um, by which time hopefully hopefully you'll be able to get your hands on one. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'd love to welcome more collectors from from your show into into uh, the community to collect some art, and hopefully I can uh, come back on, guys, and we can we can uh, we can shoot it in uh, sometime soon. Let's do it for sure. Twenty one sixty, you're muted. I said I, I I really appreciate you turning Burn into an alien fan. We have this constant struggle where he he. Uh, he picks his victory hoodie over my alien all the time. So another better. project showing him that aliens are the way um, may just uh, be the push that I need to finally uh, show him that he's wrong. So I, feel I like aliens. That. I mean, I've got a bunch of alien queen like tabs and like aliens and stuff. Aliens are cool. They're just not as cool. Yeah, as you, don't, victory you don't just have to say you don't just have to say that bone because I'm here. If you don't like aliens. <laughs> I, I do. I, I think they're That's the second the, best trait in Rex guy. I, mean, I could have got a 10 if it wasn't an alien. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> if they all had victory on their chest, you would have gotten a 10. If it was a derivative yeah. ape, I would have got 10. Oh, God. If it was a derivative ape, you wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> that's, that's probably factual. All right, man. Well, it was really, really cool. I think bringing you back on the show later on, once it, this project has progressed a little bit, is a must because, like I said, both of us really uh, kind of enjoy the direction that you're taking this. And we both wish you a lot of success um, and hope we can get our hands on some of your art as well. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Um, I'll hit you in the DM about the 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 airdrop. Uh, just just you know, for in return, for, you know, you, you'd definitely be deemed as a marketing partner in my book, and I'm sure my community would agree. Um, you know, but as long as as long as they're all happy with them being airdropped to the right people, I'm sure we can work that out. 
Um, so I'll hit you in DMs. Can't wait to floor it. No, I'm just kidding. He'll <laughs> <laughs> go in the vault, man. That's awesome. Uh, you're a legend. Like, you don't have Straight to do that. To I'm happy to pay for it too. Like I'll send you the ETH. So yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. It's um it's fine. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, thank you so much for having me on, guys. Uh, I'm gonna get back into Discord now. I've got a, a launch party space is starting in 30 minutes to uh, hydrate and and have a bit of a, a sweet tooth uh, craving. Um, but it's been really great being on here, guys, and 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 thank you for inviting me on. Um, and thank you to all the listeners for showing up as well. I love you all. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck tonight. Um, I'm sure it'll be a late night, but thanks for coming on the show. With that, hey, Bert, on this fish and chips. I'll play us out. Time, man. Thanks, guys. The 2160. How about you model that rat guy hoodie while he plays us out? Oh, it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. Dude, that is fire. I wish I would have got one. I'm getting, I'm waiting on my RLG stuff, though. Dude, I so much merch is ridiculous i think i got three of everything if not four i don't even remember because i bought them from myself and my wife but i'm like in between sizes so i bought like extra larges and larges for me and then like a medium for my wife so it's ridiculous i could be my own wrecked guy rld merch store if i if i needed to (laughs) that's awesome